Welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast, an examination of the Bible and how parents can apply God's Word to raising kids in a culture saturated with media and technology. Hey there, friends. Kelly and Chelsea here. It's October, which means your life is pretty crazy, probably. No matter what age your kids are, I know that it's a busy time of life, and Chelsea and I truly pray that in this parenting hustle, you can find time to just be in the Word of God and find Him so much more satisfying and peace-giving than any time on social media or digital entertainment. So today, we have a more sort of fun, off-the-cuff episode for you. We've had several months of interviews and topic-driven content and haven't had the opportunity to talk about some news headlines. Hey, it is good to be back with our brave parents, Kel. We've got some real doozies for you today, folks. And uh, because we have several today, we're not going to provide a ton of commentary, but rather just a few thought-provoking ideas just to help get you thinking. But before we jump in, let me just remind everyone of our Brave Bullet Points. It's a newsletter that comes out on the first of every month. Now, come on, y'all. You could handle a once-a-month email. And it, honestly, it's it's pretty fantastic. I might be biased in my opinion, though, but I think it's pretty fantastic. This is our way of sharing information and content without relying on social media. So you can sign up by going to our website, braveparenting.net forward slash newsletter. But also, we would really love it if you guys could leave a review on the podcast platform where you listen. This helps the show be recommended to more people through the algorithm, and it really, truly blesses us and the Brave Parenting team. All right, Cal. Let's do this. What's the first headline you have? Well, first, let me start by saying there are so many headlines. You know, you and I sort of scan different news sites. I look through Apple News and I'm always so intrigued by the articles that are out there. And a lot of these can be fake news. That's a big topic right now. We don't really know when it comes to how much media and news is out there. News is now sort of entertainment for a lot of people what is real and what is not. And so, of course, that's kind of our goal here is we're going to cover social media headlines that have really probably bound out uh, really throughout the month of September. And you know, some of them may have some grains of, of false, some have some truth, but overall, it just gives us sort of the, the big picture of what's going on in the social media world. And I'm just going to be honest, there isn't a whole lot that is saying social media is great although there is one that we're sharing today. But for the most part, right, these are all sort of alarms going off about social media. So let's just jump right in. The first article I'm gonna share here came from New Folks, which I'm not really sure what that platform is. I did try and investigate a little bit and I couldn't see what their origin was, but their article is titled, Should I Let My Kid Use Snapchat? Experts say it depends. So there's a line that parents must draw when it comes to allowing their kids on social media. The article says, parents don't necessarily have to refuse them to go on these platforms, but they can begin to walk alongside their kids, letting the kid know that parents are supportive of their kids' independence, as well as available to guide and safeguard them. All right, <laughs> here's the thing. It's really hard to walk along your, si your child using Snapchat. The main reason that kids want it, right, is to communicate with friends. And why are all the kids wanting to communicate only on Snapchat? Because the conversation is untraceable. Once the conversation disappears, not only can the user not see it, but the parents can't see it. So 
you could maybe monitor the time they spend on the app, or you could maybe take their phone and scroll through what little you can see of like their friends and who they're friends with. But overall, there really isn't any monitoring. And let me tell you, a child is not going to want your guidance on Snapchat. (laughs) I mean, maybe an overall like friend drama, but regarding the app, they are not going to turn to you for guidance. This app specifically is so peer driven and so, I would almost say just Gen Z driven that parents are just so obsolete in regard to this. And monitoring, I hate to say it, but this is what social media does to kids. It begins, they just lose the respect and attachment to their parents because when you can access your friends 24 7, we've talked about this before, that primary attachment and source of direction and morality and and behavior it's all derived from peers all of those behavioral cues they get from their peers so when you can access your friends 24/7 on Snapchat they they just don't care about what their parents have to say about it and so yeah like this article says you might be able to quote walk along your alongside your child in the freedom of Snapchat but most teens you know chances they're just not going to be walking alongside you you may think that they are but it's a slippery slope. I think my opinion is that yes, at some point, right? We've talked about this before as well. It can be helpful to allow social media platform so that they can practice, if you will, practice having access to it while they're under your roof. But personally speaking, I have never allowed that app to be Snapchat. And I'm okay with that. And I feel no guilt about not allowing Snapchat inside my house. I truly think that it is... um, terrible and soul-destroying for children, this app that is unholy. Um, It's an abomination before God of where its origins are and sharing nudes of of girls. Um, So I don't allow it on a phone of my child who lives in my house. I don't want any pictures of me or me in my home or my home or anything on that on Snapchat either. And so my kids who are adults who have the app know that. And so that kind of all goes into my reasoning. What do you think about Snapchat, Chels? I have a lot of thoughts about Snapchat, but we don't have time for all of my <laughs> thoughts about Snapchat. But there was one thing that really stuck out in my mind as you were talking, and it was, um, you know, I, I've heard the comment from a lot of parents say that they actually really love summer vacation because they feel like they get their kids back. And you're talking about peer influence. And even if your kid doesn't have a ton of social media, you know, you know, when you pull, they come home from school for the summer. A lot of parents really just love that because they feel like, yeah, I'm getting my kid back. I'm getting their personality back. I'm getting back, you know, the things that are just really wonderful about them because that peer influence through the school year, even without social media, is really intense. So then you add in social Mm -hmm. media and then you feel like you never get your kid back, you know, because then they're on it all summer and all those types of things. Um, But another thing I would just like to point out to parents, if they don't know it yet, is that Snapchat now offers premium accounts so that they could make money just like OnlyFans does. So if you're allowing Snapchat, there's a very good possibility that they could access a premium account. You would never know about it. Um, and it's, yeah, if it's just not a place where anyone should be, quite frankly, even adults, because of the porn industry on Snapchat. So if you're at a place right now with your teens that might be ready to try out social media, I would never, ever, 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 ever suggest Snapchat. Yeah, there's just no, there's just not enough redeeming qualities about it at all, especially as Christians, especially as Christians. I know the world is going to have it. They're going to use it and they're all going to love it. But as, as Christ followers, we, we really need to, to be set apart from that app. 
All right. Our next headline is kids and teens are inundated with foam prompts day and night. So this actually came out of Common Sense Media. They found that there was a report that half of 11 to 17 year olds get at least, I still can't believe I'm about to read this number, Kelly, 237 notifications a day. But that's not even like, what was the most? Some? Some. Some get nearly 5,000 in 24 hours. I saw this headline. I saw this headline and I immediately, okay, I think I saw it on my lunch break at work. And so I went back in and I asked my college aged girls who I know are like always on their phone. It's, it's a thing, right? We have to like constantly tell them to put their phones away at work. And so I thought, oh, I bet you they get thousands. And so this was the middle of the day and they had checked and they were definitely in the, um, in the hundreds. At that point in time, middle of the day, I had received like 30 notifications. <laughs> and which was, I mean, I guess that's pretty significant, but they were in the hundreds, but 5,000. I, I literally cannot wrap my brain around being dinged by your phone up to 5,000 times a day. That's a full-time job of managing notifications. I don't know how I wouldn't throw my phone against the wall. To be quite frank, like I can't, the dings and the like the push notifications bother me to no end. I cannot imagine what I not checking my phone. What I would think is happening here is they probably have Instagram and follow a lot of people and they probably have every notification turned on because you can get notified when every person posts, you can get notified when someone comments on your comment or comments. I mean, like there's just a lot of notifications that come in. So if you have that, on Instagram, and if you have something like that on TikTok, and then you have your snaps, and then you have, you know, all of that stuff. And notification control is one of the best things that you can do to help you in your relationship with your phone. So then, and I, and I really trust Common Sense Media. I actually think we're going to do a podcast on this whole report that they did, uh, because there's actually a lot that, that can be said about that. Uh, but in relation to that, Fox News also put out an article that said, Cell phone shocker, as 97% of their kids use their device during school hours. So that just came out a couple days ago. And I want to think, well, I'm not shocked. Are you? 97% of kids are using the device during school hours. Well, yeah, if you allow it, it's, they're absolutely going to do it. And I've lament, lamented on this sad reality for years. And this is partially, just partially, why I pulled some of my kids out of public high school because teachers don't have it in them to try and teach and fight against the phone. And I don't want to, it's not necessarily teacher's fault. My husband is a high school teacher. So I know that the struggle that he had when he was teaching in public school, it is really strong. You have to be so diligent and so just on it all of the time to try and catch them sneaking it and using it and And you also have to be a really good teacher in the sense that you have to engage them. They have to actually want to be (laughs) engaged in learning in your class. And for a lot of teachers, it's just easy not to fight it. And that's really sad. Um, If you've seen a teen on their phone, just imagine 30 of them in one room while you're trying to teach, I don't know, world history. They don't care, right? Kids aren't going to care about it. They just want to be entertained. And so it's like, what are teachers to do? And and frankly, I think it's just tragic. By the time they are in high school, 
And if they've been using a smartphone with social media since like fifth or sixth grade, there is not a whole lot of change that can be made. The teen doesn't want to learn. And we've talked about this back in August when we interviewed our uh, principals and headmasters of schools is it's so hard because kids today don't have the desire to be educated. They just have the desire to be entertained. And they don't, unfortunately, crave face-to-face relationships. Once they've like crossed that line into the, my phone is my life. If they never cross that line, then they still love face-to-face relationships. So it's just really interesting. Um, This is why it's so important to begin waiting and limiting the smartphone and all of the apps and all of the access at younger and younger ages. You have to just wait, 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 and limit, limit, limit. Because as they grow up, they need to just slowly ease into all of this technology. Their brains cannot handle it any other way. It truly becomes a lifestyle for them. And the evidence is mounting. High amounts of individual screen time without other positive physical and social activities is destroying our kids. It's a worldview problem. They take in so much of the world through social media. They cannot process it. And they don't have a foundation of God's word and a foundation of reality that they can observe the world, understand the world. And frankly, just the lack of objective truth has their brains completely scrambled and disorientated. Yeah, I don't think I have a lot more to add. I would just say that overall, this is 100% a heart issue for every single individual living in this moment. Not a single one of us is not tempted by technology. This is something that every single one of us is struggling with. But for those of us, when we're in Christ, we have this great hope that does not put us to shame, as Paul would tell us in Romans. I've seen as my faith has been strengthened and my love has for Christ has grown, my want to learn has grown. My desire to be on my phone less has grown. And I crave face-to-face relationships. So absolutely, folks, those numbers are staggering and astounding and quite frankly, abysmal. But for us who are in Christ, we have hope. So just don't, don't forget that. There is great, great hope when we are in Christ. Yeah, and if you're a parent who's just looking at that statistic saying 97% of my of kids are using phones during class, what could I possibly do about it? Put time limits, put screen time on your kid's phone while they're in the school hours. We talked about that a couple episodes ago, and that is a really practical way to just lock it down a little bit so that there is less that can be done during those school hours so that you can actually promote learning. All right, our next headline Photo sharing app Laps hits top of the app store by forcing you to invite your friends. So this came out in September from TechCrunch. And this is more of a, hey, check to see if your kid has this app on their phone sort of um, headline review. But I read some of the reviews on this app when you sent me the article, Kelly. And honestly, it's a, a hit or miss. Some people love it, others hate it, but it seems like those who hate it, hate it because it literally is forcing you to invite your friends. They they ask for um, access to your contacts and then they they send notifications to all of your contacts. One user said that he kept getting notified about all these new people that he supposedly knew 
Um, and I just kept thinking about all the contacts in my my phone. <laughs> it's like full of people that I don't talk to anymore. And, you know, probably mutually we've forgotten about each other. So yeah, I imagine that really would be annoying for an app to get access to all of those old contacts that you haven't cleared out yet and then tell you that all your friends are joining. Um, another reviewer called it a be real knockoff. He said that he was told if he deleted the app, then his phone number would be on the banned list. Like he could never access it again if he got rid of the app. And uh, I don't know, that language kind of sounds a little desperate, a little immature, a little bossy. If you ask me from an app, I've actually never heard that before, that an app would ban you from trying to re-download it if you get rid of us the first time. It's like if you have a club, you know, and you're like, when you're like seven and you're like, you can't join our club. If you leave our club, you're never allowed back in. It's like <laughs> bullying tactics. Yeah. Almost. It it's like, you're. we're so exclusive that, you know, if you leave once, that's it. You're blacklisted. You're, you're done. You have yeah. no <laughs> other chance of ever using this app. Yeah. You know, and we have a lot of these one-hit wonder apps that come out. And Chelsea and I try and evaluate, is it worth our time to really dig deep in here, download the app ourselves, and try and figure it out? This is one that I was like, mm, I'm not downloading this. I am not giving <laughs> an app access to all of my contacts just for respect out of my contacts. I don't want anybody to be receiving stuff because I shared their information. So uh, yeah, tragic uh, one-hit wonder app. I don't think it's going to last very long, even though it went to the number one. All right, next headline, Gen Z loneliness is so bad that some young adults are spending thousands to try and make friends through gym memberships and social clubs. This came out on Yahoo News. I know that the loneliness is, it's for real and it is debilitating for them. And to me, it's obvious. It's because they have neglected face-to-face -face relationships during the crucial years of their life. So the, we're talking about young, Gen Z young adults. So that's 18 to 26. These are the young adults right now. And I have, all, well, a good chunk of my kids are now that age and a lot of them have good friendships, but some of them don't. And a lot of it's because of the different choices and interactions and, and priority maybe the phone has had. I can see that amongst all of their peers and their friends. I see that amongst the people that I work with as well. If you don't prioritize those face-to-face -face relationships and learn how to do that, man, it's very sad. Yeah, loneliness is, is a big problem for them. I think what shocks me the most is the lie that we bought into that the socials would connect us more. That lie was so devious and its consequences just keep rippling out from the early days of MySpace. It's crazy to me that we just talked about kids getting over 200 plus notifications a day and we actually have a headline in that same Newsweek that now they're not actually able to have a friend. Like these poor young adults have such a disoriented and distorted understanding of relationships. And I think what I would love for them is to find that the body of Christ is thriving in relationships, doing life on life in a real tangible way that is appealing and completely different than the world. Like when we when we talk about God is be holy as I am holy, that you know, holy means to be set apart, to look different than the world. And Man, what if our relationships were holy, right? They looked set apart and different. And I think that's just one very um, real way that we can make 
Christ appealing to other people. And I, I don't know. I yeah. What are your thoughts, Kel? Well, I you know, there is this promise of community that social media puts out there. They they make us believe that we need them in order to have community. And that is a lie. That is a lie from Satan. They don't deliver on actual community. What they deliver is false and inauthentic relationships. But yet we keep going back to them thinking that that is still where we're connecting with people. But it's not. It's impressions. It's liking a post or loving a post, a thumbs up, a thumbs down. And commenting, that is not having a conversation. There's two different things. (laughs) And that's not the, the true way that friends and relationships live out their community is through comments. That, that, that's completely inauthentic. I was actually at a speaking event last week, and I used this example. Now, I don't know where you are in the country, but if you, if you, have, uh, if you love Mexican food or Tex-Mex, as we say in Texas, it's not truly Mexican, it's Texas Mexican. But okay, so picture this, you're on a road trip, and you're really, really hungry, and you are craving Mexican food. And you're like, man, I really want Chewy's. Chewy's is like my favorite Tex-Mex restaurant. <laughs> and I, I know that they're all over. So, so you're craving Chewy's. But the only thing for like 100 miles is Taco Bell. And you're like, man, I just don't know if I can wait another 100 miles to get to Chewy's. And I'm just hungry. And you're like, well, I mean, I guess I'll just have Taco Bell. Even at the risk of getting sick or even at the risk of, of not really even enjoying the food that you pay for. I'm just going to do this because it's the closest thing to Mexican that I'm craving. And you don't hold out to the Jewies. And so that's what it's like with, I mean, I think especially young people on social media, you crave authentic relationships. But instead of going the extra mile to make that relationship happen, you just settle for whatever there is right in front of you. You settle for Taco Bell <laughs> relationships. And they're not, they're not nearly as good. It's not authentic. It's not, and it doesn't satisfy. It still leaves you feeling lonely. And so if you're surrounded by people in this Gen Z young adult um, age, I would really encourage you to encourage them to just go that extra mile. Put yourself out there in some sort of church group or a volunteering setting or some way to meet authentic, you know, real Christians or other friends face to face in real life not necessarily at a club or something like that, but just ones that you can actually do life with. And that has to happen off of social media. Okay, last headline. This one, this is the one that maybe some people might think is actually like a hopeful one. Many in Gen Z hope to be influencers. Now there's a degree for it. This came out on the Washington Post on September 30th. And the article opens with, The next time you worry about young adults spending too much time on TikTok, consider they might just be studying for finals. Uh, (laughs) Okay, sorry, it continues. Starting next year, a university in Ireland is offering a Bachelor of Arts degree in influencing. Courses include crisis management, public relation, celebrity studies, social psychology, and audio and video editing. So I want to be generous and charitable. It sounds like a public relations, marketing, maybe a little cinematography, AV, kind of all those degrees wrapped into one. And there is some, there's some things that I'm sure that they're learning in that, but 
This, again, is a really slippery slope. Influencing on social media cannot be separated from expecting and welcoming people to worship you. This is a sin. We are not to be worshiped. There is one God who is to be worshiped, and that is it. And so when we put ourselves on social media and we're asking people to comment on our life or our pictures or what it is that we're promoting, we are putting ourselves out there for people to maybe envy us, to covet us, and that is equally a sin. And not only is it a sin, it is destructive in their life. Like if you, maybe you say, oh, I, you know, you can't call someone else's behavior a sin, but you can look at their life and see their destruction. And none of us as image bearers are, are really meant to be influencers for anything other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look around at the influencers that are around, the child celebrities, and they've all had really rough times because no human is created created to handle this much of worship. However, I do want to note, I don't know how Taylor Swift does it. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> like legit. Okay. Th- <laughs> this is a real intrigue of mine. <laughs> I don't understand how she can still at least seemingly have a, a level head on her. And she must be surrounded by amazing and the best PR people on the planet, or she's just, or they're just really extremely grounded and they keep her grounded. Um, because I don't know. I, I saw that video with Britney Spears dancing with knives that was posted to social media. And this is like a child star who was elevated onto a platform who, bless her heart, lost her ever-loving mind because we aren't meant to be worshipped. So I'm just saying that Taylor Swift intrigues me because she is on a level that is beyond, you know, that on the Elvis type of level, on the Michael Jackson, I mean, like really elevated high. And it's like we're waiting every day. When is she going to crash and burn? <laughs> Not that I wish that for her. I just know that no human can really have that much worship and stay grounded. That's true. I was thinking about, I think it was this past year that we had a conversation about the amount of influencers that have taken their life in yeah. the past. That's been and going on for quite a while. Quite a while. And it's really you kind of saw that meme through COVID and it was like, you know, while we were in the lockdowns and it was like, check on your extrovert friends. They're probably not okay. And it's like, you know, check on the influencers. They're probably not okay. Right. And that's like, that really is the truth. No human can handle all of that. And I don't know. I just, I can't imagine offering a degree for this, but yeah, it is what it is. I mean, it's just a sign of the times, isn't it? You know, like. I mean, if you're going to do it, you might as well, I guess maybe get a degree and at least you're getting some education out of it. But the reality is is a lot of people don't even need the degree in it because that's what makes it so desirable is you can be popular and make money for being popular, doing the thing that everyone already does, which is posting to social media. People are, the idea is, oh, I'm going to get paid to do that. What a great way to live. But the reality is, is it's a hustle. I mean, like you are constantly having to be creative and put out new content and you're hustling for followers and people to engage with that content in order to buy whatever it is that you're selling or whatever it is that you're influencing. You've got to actually do the work of influence. And for a lot of people, that's actually not as easy as it sounds. It, not everybody can be Charlie's Emilio and just dance on TikTok and all of a sudden become super famous and influencer. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. For a lot of people, it's really actually difficult. And when you start to get the hate, because that's what 
internet and social media is filled with. It's not filled with love. It's filled with divisiveness. And um, really, it can be brutal. And so when that hate and that judgment starts coming in, it truly affects their self-worth. And because most of these influencers are not grounded on some sort of biblical foundation, some objective truth of who they are in Christ, they crumble. And it's so it's very sad and it's very tragic. What I think we see a lot of times, yes, you see some of them losing their life because of, of suicide, some because of crazy challenges that they're trying, some of them because of drug overdoses, because they're doing drugs to compensate for the stress that being an influencer causes. Or some of them, you just see them say, I'm leaving, like I'm walking away. I'm quitting this influencing gig and I'm just done. So I don't know if it was me and these are my kids and my child wants to say, hey, I just want to go to college to learn how to be an influencer. I would, I would really encourage not paying for that degree. Yeah, I think I would be right there along with you. I think yep. I would yep. uh, say, you know, how about that other degree in, you know, like accounting or something? That yeah. sounds like a great <laughs> degree I'll pay for. All right. So, yeah, friends, those are some recent social media headlines there for you, just covering a little bit of what the world has to say. Uh, I know we want to do a podcast focusing more on Common Sense Media's new reports and all that that has. So be looking forward to that. We'll have that coming up. And thank you so much for just tuning in, listening to a little of these headlines. Hope you learned something. Hope that you were encouraged. And as always, don't forget to like, subscribe, share with your friends. We appreciate all of you. And until next week, go and be brave.